Just as a disclaimer, we want you to know that some of the movies that we will be reviewing were shot in a different time and era where people of race and sex were not treated equally. We understand this and hope you do too. The movies or anything that happened on the sets are not the views of this podcast or what this show is intended to be all about. Exactly. And we want to give due diligence in presenting the movie and not the views of the cast or directors or anyone involved. But we also feel it's necessary to let the audience know some of the background information to get a feel for what was happening at the time of shooting the film. Again, we hope you understand that we do not agree with everything that went on and we just want to give out the information. And with that being said, hope you enjoy the show. guys welcome back to the tragedy of cinema the universal monsters series i'm your host jimbo and joined again by kyle kyle zayner um today this is a very very obscure odd um universal monster movie that's not really talked about because the monsters in this movie is more uh psychological i guess yeah less supernatural yeah right it's not really a creature per se um, but, uh, it is the black cat, um, really, really famous cast in this, uh, mm-hmm. probably two of the greatest 
Universal Monster Icon actors. If, yeah, if there not is. the famous, easily. Right. Yeah. So, Kyle, let's go ahead and take this away. All right. We are starting with the Black Cat, released on May 7th of 1934. The was directed by Edgar G. Ulmer. Um, writers include Peter Ruick for the screenplay and Edgar G. Ulmer for the story. Um, the story was also based on the original story by Edgar Allan Poe, also titled The Black Cat. Um, editor was also Ray Curtis. Um, going forward, we have a budget of $95,745. Um, going by inflation of today's value, that'd be close to $2 million. That's crazy. And inflation is insane. <laughs> um, next up, we have technical details. We have a runtime of 65 minutes. Um, short but good. Uh, sound mix and mono, so one track only, from the Western Electric Noiseless Recording. Color info, this is a black and white film. The aspect ratio, this is a 1.37 by 1, also kind of known as a 4 by 3 aspect ratio, roughly. The film length is 7, reel, seven reels long. The negative format was done in 35mm. The process was spherical. And the printed format was 35mm. Moving on to the awards, we have the 2019. Um, it was nominated for the Best Restoration by the Rhonda Hatton Classic Horror Awards, which it won the uh, for... Yeah, <laughs> which it won. And next up, the from 2006, the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films in the U.S. of A. It was nominated for the Best DVD Collection, and it won that award. Next up, we move on to uh, that. Well, that was the awards. Kind of missed that. Swing and a miss, Kyle. Try again next time. <laughs> um, moving on to the cast. <laughs> We have Boris Karloff playing um, Haldimir Pulzig. I'm sure I pronounced that right. Um, you'll know him best as the monster in the original Frankenstein films. He is, you know, the Frank Frankenstein's monster. Frankenstein! Um, he also appeared in the 1932 Mummy and the 1940 film Black Friday. Next up, we have Bela Lugosi playing Dr. Vicious um, Werntergeist. Sure, pronounce it right. Well, as again, um, he of course known best known for playing Dracula. He is the first and foremost. He is Dracula in every single form of the word. Um, oh, damn. One sec. Oh, hang on. Kyle's got to sneeze. I gotta, I gotta look into the sky and prevent a sneeze. I I, I said Dracula's name and I must sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at the sun, Kyle. Don't look at the sun. <laughs> okay. So next up, we have David Manners playing Peter. Uh, Allison, um, you'll recognize him. He was also in the 1931 film Dracula, and the 1932 film The um, The Miracle Woman, and oh, 1931 film The Miracle Woman, and the 1932 film The Death. Next up, we have Julia Bishop playing Joan Allison. You'll recognize her from films as the 1943 Northern Pursuit and this film. <laughs> and that is the very short. Um, that's the top four cast. Everyone else is kind of like a not as nearly as influential of these four actors, right? Um, so, Kyle, you said this was based on a short story by Edgar Allan Poe. Yes. Loosely based. Very loosely. <laughs> I can give you a brief synopsis of the book, for which is Edgar Allan Poe wrote. Um, basically, the um, originally written by Edgar Allan Poe, of course, uh, first published in August 19th, 1843. So, 90 years later, um, we got a film adaptation of that book. <laughs> I guess you got no royalties for that one. Um, basically, it tells the story of a narrator who becomes uh, infatuated with a cat, but then later that infatuation turns into violence as he um, um, as he gets scratched by it once, or he hates the cat, and he hangs that cat from a tree. 
and uh, his house burns down, and it leads this um, basically this uh, scarring of the house in, of the of the cat hanging from the tree inside the wall of the burned down house. <laughs> Crazy, and then he gets uh, another black cat that has a white spot. Who he also begins to hate immediately, but before he can kill it, his wife stops him, and in his anger, he kills his wife instead. And he hides his wife's body inside the wall of the burned down house again. And as he encloses her in the wall, he doesn't realize the cat, uh, the second cat he found, also gets in there. And so when the cops come to um, try and discover what happened, they hear the cats um, inside the wall meowing near like that, and that discovers like that. Then they discover the body and find out he's a murderer. That's the very loose story of the black cat, which of course is nothing like the film. <laughs> well, there is. There's a cat in this. There is. There is a cat in this film, but and it is a dark story. But that's about where the similarities begin and end. <laughs> yeah, this this movie. I didn't really. I've never seen this movie. So when it started, I was like, eh. I mean, it's got two of the greatest actors in it, you know, from this era. So I was like, but it started off, and I was like, you kept where am I going? I kept thinking it was Stephen King's Cat's Eye. That's why I kept thinking. No, but I mean, this starts off, and then boy, it went from zero to dark real fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just takes a full on heel turn. <laughs> yeah, he was like, what is going on? I mean, I was like, uh, yeah, this is a crazy so, movie. Basically, the movie starts out. They're in the train station. And this young, would Newly, you call them newlyweds? Honeymooning couple. Right. Or newlyweds, yes. Which is funny because they get out of the train and he's like, are you hungry? And she's like, not really. Are you hungry? And he's like, no. And they just both kind of giggle. <laughs> They're like, oh, I could eat. Oh. Well, then yeah. you have the conductor come in or, or the train ticket here or whatever you want to call him comes in and he says, um, we're sorry, but we, we actually double booked your cabin. Uh, do you mind sharing it with someone? And they're like, well... What if that someone was Dracula? We're, we're, we're only going. I forget how far we could. Uh, we could share it till then. I can't remember the name of the place either. But it was and, <laughs> and he's like, "Very well." So the in turns around the corner, and if I wasn't watching another movie, I would have swore it was Dracula because it is Bella Lugosi, and he looks just dead up like Dracula. Nothing to change his look at all. Slick terror bag. Um, Might as well be the full costume itself. Yeah, he has that specific look. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, they get in the train car. They start making small talk. Um, then his uh, fiance fall. The, the guy and the girl fall asleep basically. And you see, um, I was his name, Doctor Van der Sturt or something. That, yeah, like. Doctor Van der Sturt. Uh, uh, Vistus Wendergast. Wendergast. Yeah. Wendergast. So you see him lean over and he kind of puts like rubs her the lady's hair or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, the guy wakes up. Uh, her husband wakes up and he's like, uh, basically, what are you doing? Yeah, like, why and, are you petting my girlfriend, <laughs> my wife? And he's like, you know, I'm sorry, but she has a distinct resemblance of my wife who died. Um, so they talk a little bit. Well, uh, the train pulls in and they both get off because they're all getting off at the same spot. Um, and this is really weird because the the cab, I guess it's a cab they call. Uh, yeah, well, like, it's his driver. Didn't he say it's his driver? Yeah. Um, but uh, they go. They get in this kind of like has the old. What do you call those doors that roll up? The suicide doors? No, no. It's the, the, the the it's like oh. just like a like a shade or something rolls up and then yeah. they pull it down. It's pouring down the rain, um, and so they're going up to uh, I forgot where they're going. Some house or something, right? Yeah, they're, like, they're supposed to be going on. They're basically going to get trapped here pretty soon. Yeah, not trapped. Well, yeah, tra- well, they're going to crash and get stranded. Basically. Right. Yeah. So Bella Lugosi, uh, his servant, and these two people. Um, 
are like, it's okay, I got a house up the road. And she hits her head and basically suffers a major injury. The female character, um, Julia Bishop's Joanne Allison. Right. And I think you just saw um, on the movie where uh, the, the cab is over and it's actually either decapitated the guy, the driver, or it's crushing his, his neck. Um, yeah. They, of course, don't go into detail on that, but no, he is he, very clearly yeah. dead. Um, so the the uh, this poor uh, servant of Bella Lugosi just carries around this lady most of the movie. <laughs> uh, so they end up walking, and uh, if you notice there, Kyle, where you see the house on the hill, mm-hmm. uh, all the all the crosses. Graves, yeah. So what is going on there? You don't know. Uh, yeah, it's actually stated in the plot summary that it's like a, the site of a bloody battlefield. So this is actually like almost oh. like a yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, bloody battlefield later turned to a cemetery, basically. So now, uh, Bella Lugosi and the newlywed couple uh, and the servant have arrived at this really odd-looking house, almost looks out of place, and uh, the almost door opens. Fortress-like in a weird way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of remind me of Forbidden Planet a little bit. If possible, you know, everyone was reusing props those, those days. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so um, they come in, and he's like, "Hey." Um, What's Karloff's name in this? Uh, there's Lindergast, Karloff. which is Lugosi. Yes, uh, Haljamar Polzig. Yeah, Perzig. Perzig. We'll probably just refer to him as Lugosi and Karloff because or it's a lot yeah. easier. Frankenstein and Dracula. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot easier to pronounce. Um, so he's like, hey, you know, you need to go tell the doctor or Polzig that, hey, we're here. He'll be expecting me. That a man was killed and um, tell him, you know, I'm here. Uh, this this guy. Why do all the sermons always look like Mo from the Three Stooges? <laughs> you know, it's just the yeah, way I don't are. know where the whole like the whole like because uh, like, we saw that Dracula's daughter looked just like Mo. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, the whole Gru thing of just like everyone has to look like you know, like a, a and for nineteen man. nineteen what was this thirty four thirty four? I mean, they had some pretty good effects there. I mean, like that neon light. And I do think in my notes we talk about how this is one of the earliest movies, if not the first movie. To use a digital clock. Oh, that's really impressive. I, yeah, I, I, I never thought. Um, and this is really cool too. I don't know if they were paying homage to Frankenstein here or the Mummy, but when uh, the shadow off the wall and he stands up, it it kind of looks like you know the, the stiffness in which he walks. Looks like either yeah. the Mummy or Frankenstein. Uh, there's a lot of good shadowing and lighting effects in this movie. Um, so yeah. the doctor's washing his hands. If you're watching this movie and you're like. I don't get it. I don't know what's going on. So the doctor, which is, we'll call him the doctor, which is the ghost. Dr. Dracula. He's uh, <laughs> Dr. D. Dr. D. Uh, <laughs> not Dr. Dre. Yeah. <laughs> so um, he's actually, you know, put, be a very different film. <laughs> uh, putting bandages and suturers on her wounds. Her husband's very concerned. He's going to inject her with something. You don't know what. Uh, From right, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so... He's like, ah, yeah, ah, oh, that looks like that it. That looks really painful. Ouch. Remember, oh, folks? I told, I told her the vaccine would do her. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah. So Never for um, Pfizer, you know? <laughs> and here comes Karloff in, um, and he just looks creepy. Yeah. yeah. And, and I was talking to Kyle about this, but something that a lot of people may not know is Karloff actually from a young age did have a lisp. Um, and the stutter and the lisp. He got over the stuttering, but the lisp is still there. And if you watch this movie, you can. You, it's very obvious at times. Very prevalent, but, yeah. But you know what, man? I, them two on screen together, 
is just something that you don't see a lot of today where those characters have that kind of commanding presence on screen. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, because he's at such a, like, he has the most square jaw in the world. Right. Yeah. And, 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 the dude, I, it's just Dracula, dude. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's still Dracula and Frankenstein. I mean, meet he, up, you know. he didn't even try to, you know, change his hairstyle. So it's the same slick back look, same suit. You know, it's just mm-hmm. uh, if he had a cape, he would be Dracula. Yeah. But um, man, them two. I mean, they're just icons of of, of the era. Yeah. Um, so he's like, look, they had an accident. She's gonna sleep now, and 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 uh, <laughs> Carla, man, he's just a weird dude in this movie, uh, and he gets weirder as it goes on, and we'll find out later why. So yeah. he's like, hey, get out of the room, you know. Um, so the lady's sleeping. Obviously, Karloff is infatuated with this lady. We don't know why yet. But uh, so the one guy, he's just like, oh, we're on our honeymoon and she's asleep already. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's pretty much what uh, So he's kissing her wedding ring and all that. So um, <laughs> it just gets weird. Yeah, it starts weird and then it keeps getting weirder. And. And here I am story. watching this movie, and I was like, because I just watched it last night, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, how is this even remotely a, a Universal Monster movie? Why is it classified in the Monster Movie Universe, or you know, the Universal Monsters movie, like in, in the box set? And I'm like, I don't understand why. He's like, just because they were the actors in the Monster movies, maybe. Seems and, like, it seems like yeah, the exception, like it had enough of that enough of that cast of just like. Universal Monster alumni, they're like, well, we're just throw this into. It's still a horror movie to a degree, so right and all that kind of stuff. Like especially during the ending, where we have some of the more satanic parts. So, so you're gonna come to find out that look, Karloff's um, took the Doctor Lugosi's wife at some point. Yes, um, and I don't remember why. She got taken from him because I was just so struck by this. Basically, he's taking his his wife. His wife is dead, and yeah. he took his daughter. In some way, he's like reincarnating a past love or something like that to a degree. I'm not, I'm not sure how exactly it's supposed to go on. But, you know, yeah. I found myself being very confused, and then that, and for my head, like I knew nothing about these characters going forward. So I thought, like, is this purely like, are they playing their Universal Monsters role? Is this somehow supposed to be Dracula and Frankenstein still? That's how confused I was from the start. Well, and 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 uh, the Doctor has been ch- trying to chase down this guy for how long? He's chasing him all across the country, Budapest, Spain, yeah. and he's finally caught up with uh, Karloff. So um, he's asking, he's like, "Look, where's my wife? I know you took her," and he's like, "Look." He's like, Vitus, you are mad. And he's like, where is she? I know you have her. Where is she? Mm-hmm. And he's like, look. He's like, uh, and then this time you have, I've lost the guy's name, um, Peter. Peter. Peter Allison. He walks in on him as we're having this intense conversation. So he's like, hey, we're just going to have a drink. You want to join us? So you obviously there is some past tension between Karloff and Lugosi, and you're trying to figure out what's going on. All you know is that Karloff has taken... Lugosi's wife, and he's trying to find out, hey, what'd you do with her? Where is she? What's yeah. she doing? Um, yeah. So, um, to not beat around a bush, we'll just go ahead and, and, and jump through this movie a lot quicker. Um, I understand. Yeah. So, you come to find out that Bella Lugosi, for some reason, is afraid of cats. Yeah. And never said why, 
but a black cat walks in and he just kind of does like the Dracula thing, like if he Shreed looked at a yeah. like looked at a, a crucifix, you know, he's like, ah, oh no, his eye. yeah, yeah. Um, Don't let it near me. <laughs> but you come to find out that um, Purge Pulp was Pulzig, a black cuts. Oh, okay, check out. Yeah, no, no, the Pulzig is an actual an architect. Um, he's got some this this house that he designed is really crazy, and you'll find out why later on. Um, but they both have servants here. It's very interesting. Uh, so you, you find out that Lugosi is afraid of cats. Um, Karloff is insane. <laughs> yeah, um, say the least. But we failed to mention that when uh, Karloff first uh, gets woken up by a servant by the electric bell or light on the wall, he's laying next to a blonde-headed woman. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, this is... Uh, yeah, this is... I thought it was his wife. Yeah. Uh and no, and it's not even Lugosi's wife. You come to find out later it's that another... no, it's it's his daughter. It is Lugosi's daughter. Ah, oh, okay. Um, which he thought she had been dead or taken back from the day too. So uh, he thinks she's dead. Yeah. Okay. Now I get this. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Trying so basically, too. the girl comes into the room. She's woken up. She's drugged, and, and this part I just didn't even know. I don't know what he put in that syringe or whatever, but she just walks in and. She's just like staring off in a daze or whatever. Like, What's well, going uh, on? What happened to me? Where's my horse? All those questions. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, uh, she doesn't really say much. But then she goes directly over to, I believe it's Karloff, mm-hmm. and says something crazy. Uh, or is it Lugosi? I think it's Lugosi. Lugosi. And she says something like, uh, oh, yeah, you're frightened, aren't you, doctor? And you're like, what? Hmm. And I don't know if she said that because of the cat. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I didn't understand this part. But anyway, so it comes down to the point where uh, Carlo, you see Karloff go down these stairs after everybody's... Well, basically, we'll set up the room situation. So the room situation is you have Karloff, Peter in oh. one, mm-hmm. then it's Lugosi in another one, and they the rooms adjoin yeah. with the door. Like at hotel rooms, you see the, 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 the adjoining door. room. And then on the other side of the uh, Lugosi is... Joan. Mm-hmm. So, and that door joins that. And Lugosi opens up the one door to Peter and says, or I think it's Peter, yeah. Peter says, hey, Peter, do you yeah. want to switch rooms because you'll be closer to Joan? You know, right. Because Karloff is telling them who or where you're, which room you're going to be. And you'll be in this room, you'll be in this room, you'll be in this room. Obviously, Lugosi doesn't trust Karloff for nothing. Yeah. They clearly have some antagonism going on. Right. So they switch room. And then you see Karloff. Um, I think this is the part where he goes downstairs and you see all these women in glass cases suspended in the air. Yeah. And I don't, I think they're his past wives or, or just people he's killed. Yeah. Something like he's, and he's gone to the, the effort of preserving them in some kind of weird way. Are they still alive? Are they still dead? I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. But it's very crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, very odd. Very odd. So then you see um, uh, the, them going to sleep. And um, Karloff comes back into the room of uh, Lugosi, uh, into the room of Lugosi. Well, what he thought was Lugosi, where he left him. Yeah, it's like, and he's like, "Oh, we got some unfinished business." And, and Peter's like, what? "Wakes up, like, what are you talking about?" Uh, and Lugosi yeah. comes in. Lugosi like, comes in like, like you've been side door. He's like, "Oh, we ha, fool, <laughs> uh-huh, you, you, you're dumb, huh?" Right. Picking on so, Frankenstein. So um, mean. He's like, "Look, where's my wife?" I want to know where my wife is, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, you really want to know? I'll take you where she is. Mm-hmm. So he takes him down to this cellar-looking thing, and lo and behold, 
Um, there she is, suspended, animated, above whatever stuff do. And the ghost, he doesn't believe it. He's like, look, I told you she was dead. And the ghost, he basically falls back and shatters some sort of window. Another, yeah. A glass. A glass something. I don't know, man. This house is really weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoever designed it is crazy. So, Almost underworldly. So um, Karloff goes back to his room and gets in bed. And he says, like, he tells the, the lady that's in the bed, he said, look, I don't want you leaving this room tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So yeah, he's, 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 he's almost like he's got a hypnotism spell he cast on him. To some degree of manipulation of some degree. Right. Yeah. So now you finally come to find out that Karloff, not Karloff, Lugosi has planned to murder Karloff. Um, he's, he's, his servant is working for Karloff, but he's ultimately working for Lugosi. And it's like a, a, a murder plot uh, getting to take place. But he said, look, you don't kill him until I tell you to. Yeah. Um, Can't be too early. But when Karloff lays down for bed, this is where it started getting really weird. If things weren't weird enough already, he's reading a piece of a book, a, a paper called The Rights of Satan or The Rights of Lucifer or something. Something to read, yeah. yeah so now we have brought in the satanic part of this show and you're like well this is just getting out of control i really don't know where this is going it's very clearly uh, Lugosi's character is in some way practicing dark arts some degree of some kind of like satanic rituals not Lugosi, karloff oh karloff yes karloff no. right Lugosi's ring sign karloff's gay okay <laughs> <laughs> um no Lugosi is Lugosi, dracula dracula karloff is frankenstein Mommy. and i'm a, a, a golden retriever <laughs> <laughs> so um Come to find out, um, as we go, we'll just get through this, uh, move through this movie fast because it gets really crazy real quick, and it's hard to keep everything together. We're trying to keep, yeah, we're trying to parse all this through, anyways. And Jimbo's doing a better job than I am. I well, I'm off. trying, but I'm, I mean, um, I'm going off memory. I've got it on the the TV plane as we're talking about it, yeah, so it's I'm still to it too, like, yeah, that's it, seen it's, all right. It's, it's it's still back a little those bit. Those people, so. those are people walking around, yeah. Um. So then, uh, the 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 newlyweds are like, hey. We gotta we get, get out of here. Go. We have got. We're, just leave your bags. We're we we leaving. As long as we gone, we good. So we as, can't as, be as, here. as as they've decided that they're gonna do that, um, Karloff and Lugosi, uh, Karloff says, "Hey, let's play a chess match." And they said, "Hey," Karloff says, "If I win, they stay." Yeah. He said, "If you win, they're free to go." Yeah. So they're playing with these people's lives, right? Yeah. He's so playing a game so of chess, just in the meantime, life. they come down. This, the newlyweds come down the stairs. Look. We're leaving. We're going to walk down to this town, and and are, are we free to go? They said, "Yeah." He's like, "Hey, we'll drive. We'll have my chauffeur drive you down there. It's dark. I'll have him drive you down there." So, uh, come to find out, the car dri- the, down. well, the driver he the driver comes over to the ghost uh, to Karloff, and Karloff's like, you know, gives him that shake, and the guy goes out and he comes back. He's like, "Sir, I'm sorry, but the car is malfunctioning," and Karloff's like, "Oh, well." I guess you're stuck. Shucks, guys. He's like, well, can I can I at least use your phone? I'll call he's for like, a driver to come to me. Yeah, he's yeah. like, he's like, sure. Or no, he said, can I at least call ahead and let down to the hotel and they can come get me or whatever. So, mm-hmm. next thing you see is he goes up to the phone and phone's, phone's dead. Yep. So this is where the guy. This is where they decide, hey, we're getting out of here now. We're we'll just walk or yeah. whatever. We'll leave all our stuff. We're just gonna walk. Get out. And they go to the door and there stands. Um, I think this is Lagosi's um, servant. And he's standing there, and he just puts, like, the Vulcan death grip on the guy, dude. The guy just, he does something to his throat, around yep. his throat, drops him, 
the girl screams, faints, and then he goes, picks her up, and carries her back upstairs, and they lock her in the room. Leonard Nimoy totally ripped it off. Right. (laughs) So they lock her in the room. So um, the Gosi and and Karloff are still playing chess. And then um, Karloff, I think, goes over to the... He goes over to the organ, and he starts playing the... And and while he's doing that, uh, Lugosi takes the key, goes upstairs, unlocks it, and says, "Look," he says, "You are in grave danger. You will die if we don't get if you do not get out of here." He's like, "Look, I've got my servant. He's going to kill him. But right now, you just have to wait a little bit longer because he's he's De- yeah gonna he's gonna do it. But we can't do it yet because we got to have him trust us or whatever. Trust process, right? Yeah, he's like, just just right. trust me. Mm-hmm. Um, so he 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 goes back, locks the door, and by the time he gets back downstairs. Uh, Karloff's standing there and he holds out his hand knowing <laughs> that oh, busted yeah, like puts the key you. back in his hand mm-hmm. well during this point um, oh, we get the first shot of the digital clock right there yep so during this point um, as the lady is in the room oh and they take they take Peter and they throw him in like this black dungeon and what's really cool is it's like they turn the thing and like the room spins so mm-hmm. he goes and they lock him in there and the lights go out so um, crazy house still yeah so as the lady's in the room, uh, the side door opens, and in walks a cat. Mm. And you're like, what? And then here comes the lady that was in bed with uh, uh, the go- uh, Karloff. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's the bride of Frankenstein. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you come to find out that this is actually Bella Lugosi's daughter, who he has been looking for. for well, he thought she was dead. For like he's been 15 looking, years Yeah, he's been that. looking for his mom. Yeah. Um, so... Um, at this time, Karloff walks in, and he just, he is Loose. not happy. Yeah. Um, and he, he basically tells her to get, you know, points, goes back to the room. And yeah. Then she starts screaming and crying and all that stuff. So Accusing, um, like, I've seen your daughter, you know. All those you don't know right? what's happening or whatever. So, um, at this point, I'm trying to remember now. Um um, I think this is where Karloff starts setting up the the um, the the ritual. Yeah, um, trying to figure out right here. Trying to get my details going. Uh, so he's just so creepy, man. <laughs> he looks great. I know he looks at me like it. Uh, it serves the film well, but also it's just like this is disturbing. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we're going to. So, so um. So this they go back to playing the game, right? The chess game. Yeah, they go back, and then he goes checkmate. Mm-hmm. I think that's when he goes back upstairs and tells you know, and that's where he finds the the, the lady. Now, um, at this, what happens right after that is this is where he's setting up the ritual. Yeah, they snatch Joan um from the sacrificial altar, and carry her to the catacombs to meet the house, right? Or... Right. Well, I mean, they're they're going to, but. Uh, She's like, you know, let me go, let me go. She's screaming. And they got all the people down. There's like a bunch of people that showed up out of nowhere uh, down in this altar area. And uh, Karloff's like, uh, you know, in his full robes. Everybody's pulling up their robes and everything. Yeah. Lugosi's down there. And both the servants are down there. And this is where... um, Everyone trying to enter their, yeah, kind of like get it done. And at the last moment, that's where the... um, but what happens? What happens to where the commotion is made to where they can grab her off the altar? Do you remember? It's like the fem- like a female acolyte, I believe. One of the parts seems like sees something that makes her causes her to scream and faint. I can't remember what. Maybe it was a black cat or something. And uh, then um, Wordergast and his servant um, 
Thamel, whatever his name was, um, they snatched Joan from the altar and they carried her to the catacombs. Right. Yeah. And this is where um, Lugosi's, uh, um, Lugosi's servant shoots, or no, Karloff's assistant shoots Lugosi's servant, but Lugosi's servant goes over there and stabs him or chokes him just, out or something. Just punches him basically downwards. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, by the Joan is done, passed out again from the altar scene. So, uh, Lugosi's trying to wake her up, and he's like, hey, you know, where, you know, are you okay? There's, look, you got to trust me. You're in danger. You got to get out of here. This is yeah. And he's like, but what about, what about, what about Karen? Which is, I think, was his daughter's name. He's like, what do you mean Karen's been dead? He's like, no, she's here. She's here in this house. And Lugosi's like, what do you mean? He's like, she's like, I'm telling you, she came to my room, and I saw her. Yeah. And, and he's like, so he goes over to the other servant. He's like, where, where is she? You know, tell me where she's at. And yeah. He just kind of, like, points his finger or something. And um, you come to find out that uh, Lugosi sees her and she's dead. Yeah. Uh, like laying on the table. So now he's going into full psycho mode. Um, this is where uh, it gets very, very interesting. Because Peter has finally escaped, ends up uh, shooting. Uh, Attack, shoot some. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so he mistakes Warnergast attempting to help Joanne. No, no, so not, not, not yet, but I'm talking about, I think he, 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 he goes around that room and I think he chokes out the other servant again to get escape and he grabs the gun, right? Uh, yes, yes. That's okay. right so mm-hmm. now, uh, Lugosi comes back in and there's a big struggle between Lugosi and Karloff and Karloff's like, why didn't you tell me when my daughter was alive or whatever? And he's like, now I'm going to do things to you that should never be. And you'll never see the light of day. He's like, I'm going to skin you alive. Yeah, exactly. And he, he chains him up, manacles like, him up, yeah. rips his shirt off. And, he, and Carlos pretty cut here, man. I mean, he, he's, yeah, pretty, yeah, yeah. he's pretty thick. Jack for the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so you see, you see the ghost, he go over to the table, and he's looking at all these tools, and he picks up the scalpel. And you just hear Carlos screaming, and you see the shadow you know, of him cutting. Yeah, the implied violence. Oh, oh yeah. It's, it's, it's messed up. So... Um, the 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 uh, Joan comes back in and 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 she's on the ground and and Karloff's like, or uh, Lugosi's like, look, you got to get out of here. You know, he's trying to help her up or whatever. And Peter comes to the door and he's like, hey, get away from her. And and, and uh, Lugosi kind of looks her, and he her. shoots mm-hmm. Karloff like in the kidney back, um, if you will. Yeah. And uh, she runs over. You know, because he, he's trying to help get the key out of the guy's hand. Yeah, because Joan's trying to get it out of the hand. Yeah, yeah. and, and it's, it's like when he died, he like had a death grip on it. So they open it up and they go there and they he's like, Look, he was trying to help me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's like, get out of here, you know. Um, so what what you learned earlier in the film is that there is explosives lining up the whole the house entire yeah, setting on dynamite basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as they're talking, uh, you know, and, and Karloff's up and he's I mean, you could tell that he's he's alive, but He's he's been being skinned alive. Oh, yeah. and he's like, well, which one of these flips the dynamite? You don't think I know about that? And he goes, the red one, you know. And he flips the switch, and as the newlyweds are running out of the uh, house down the, the cliff, fortress, yeah, it just starts blowing up. Um, you know, the 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 famous scene like in Frankenstein where stuff blows up. It's it is what it is. It looks kind of like a. Use of miniatures and some key off, some right? But for the time, it, it was not bad. It, 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 it it's effective, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, they all died, and then you see the newlyweds on the train at the end again. Uh, and I believe the guy has an article 
in the paper, you know, explaining their whole ordeal that they just went through. And somebody I wrote in and said basically that, hey, uh, this guy had a great imagination because none of this stuff would have ever happened in real life. You know what I mean? Yeah. He kind of just looks at her like, well. Dismisses it all. Yeah. So that's basically the movie in a nutshell. It's hard to explain everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. One thing I loved about this is if you notice the entire time, I think there was a cat in the room with uh, Lugosi's daughter. Lugosi's afraid of cats. Yeah. And there's a cat in there because when she opens the door to go see Joan, the cat runs out first. So I thought that was really cool. Of L- Lugosi's details. Good right. details, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about this movie. Uh, like Kyle stated earlier that uh, Ulmer, uh, that this was based on an Edgar Allan Poe short story. Um, Ulmer admitted that, hey, we just put that in the title to draw public interest. He's like, it has little it's to do with the story. Title. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like he said, he's like, it has very little, maybe a cat. That's about it. Um, so, um, one of the unconventional elements of this film was the actually the soundtrack. Um, at a time in the early 1930s when movie music was usually limited to the titles and credits, uh, Ulmer had an almost continuous background score the entire film. And that's something you never saw hardly. And then and I believe this is another movie where they showed the main cast with uh, pictures from their roles in the movie, um, which is the first time. Uh, I think the next time they did it was in The Wolfman. Yeah, this was the first time. Yeah, the first time both of them were paired together. And actually, yeah, eight movies together they actually had. Yeah. So, Great chemistry together. Mm-hmm. They just they knew had a good thing going there. But this was the first time that they were actually on screen together. But they were... Um, they say that they were very competitive, and despite them being competitive, uh, this marked an actual pleasant working relationship between the two. When Lugosi and Karloff, uh, while they never became really close personal friends, they did admire each other's work and enjoyed working together, which I think is awesome. Um, well, we're, this is another this is another one of those time and era things. When working on this film, director Edgar G. Omer began an affair with Shirley Castle. Jeez. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, which who, who was what's her name? Um, uh, I'm looking up right now. It was it Karen? I believe it was Karen. No, it's not. Oh, Karen. It was not. It was. Um, uh, but it would eventually up. become his wife, known as Shirley Ulmer. At the time, however, Castle was married to Max Alexander, a producer at Universal Pictures and a nephew of powerful Universal chief Carl Lamell. Um, we've heard his name before in many movies. Uh, who did not look kindly on outsiders upsetting his family. Castle left her husband, Fulmer, and the ensuing scandal resulted in Ulmer being blackballed from all of the major Hollywood studios for the rest of his career. Wow. So you talk about you mess with my family. Just, you know, don't mix business with pleasure. Right. <laughs> don't, you know, don't get honey where you make your money. <laughs> uh, Boris Karloff's character is named after Australian architect and art director Hans Polzig. Polzig worked on The Gollum in 1920, on which director Ulmer was uh, also a set designer. Mm-hmm. The British released the title of this movie was changed from The Black Cat to The House of Doom because in Britain, black cats are considered a sign of good luck, not bad luck. Ah, makes sense. This was Universal's biggest hit of 1934. Yeah. No other Universal Monster movies of that year, just this one. Um, the ill-fated bus driver is a direct homage to The Doorman and The Last Laugh in 1924, which was also Omar worked on as a production designer. And I do believe that is the silent movie which uh, the... The guy with the smile that Joker is based on. Uh, uh, the last oh, line. yeah, the original last night. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, Boris Karloff's character, uh, Polzig, was based in part on British Alistair Crowley, 
his exploit were making news at the time. So um, if you know anything about Aleister Crowley, uh, behold another podcast. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like definitely, you can talk for an hour, not just trash the surface on him. Right. Um, Boris Karloff said years later how Bela Lugosi was nervous and insecure of the idea that Karloff would steal scenes from him. During the filming of The Black Cat, Karloff tried to reassure Lugosi that he didn't believe in such nonsense, and the two of them worked fairly well together. <laughs> the sets of the main rooms in the Polzik house were a measly $1,500 to build. Very cheap. For Edgar Ulmer dubbed Bela Lugosi's voice, instructing his servant to wait here before accompanying Boris Karloff down to be shown his preserved dead wife. This was censored in Italy, Finland, and Australia, and or this was censors uh, in Italy, Finland, and Australia banned the movie outright. While others required cuts of the more gruesome scenes mm. sequences. Um, Harry Cording saved the life of Lucille Lund when he got her off the slab uh, table. He f- after found her bleeding from the mouth. According oh, to gosh. Lund, Edgar Omer was a sadist who uh, retaliated against her when she turned him down when he asked her to be his girlfriend. He also left her hanging in the glass case by her special canvas panties equipped with wires when they all went to lunch. She estimated she had been left there for an hour. It is unclear why no one else in the cast or crew helped her or even noticed her absent. That's like attempted murder. <laughs> so so uh, then again, you see why this is some sort of sadist movie. It's, it's all in there. Made by sadists for sadists. <laughs> This was scheduled uh, only for a 15-day shoot. It's amazing how these actors back then could do that, learn their lines, and do it so perfectly. Incredibly efficient, yeah. And it budgeted at $91,125, which allotted a $7,500 salary for Karloff, a $3,000 for Lugosi, $3,125 for Manor. So Peter made more than Lugosi in this one. Oh, wow. $900 for Wells and $150 for Lund. So, and... Here we go. The actual black cat earned a Depression Era $200. So this is like we saw in The Wizard of Oz, where Toto made more, I think, than Dorothy, almost close to what Dorothy made. The black cat actually made more than Lund made in this movie, which was, um, wasn't that, uh, what's her name? Uh, who was on Lund? Lund, Lund. Karen. Karen. So the cat made more than Karen. Uh, this is um, the first horror film to mention Satanism as a cult. This will be one of the runnest long tropes in horror film, but here Boris Koloff is a leader of his own satanic worship cult, including among the 1001 movies you must see before you die by Stephen Schneider. Um, like we said, Universal Studios executives were displeased when they viewed the first cut of this film, and they ordered the director to do some extra shooting to tone down the violence uh, and the horror down. Ulmer did the exact opposite and added the now famous sequence where Boris Karloff views his dead but preserved wives before he reveals the fate of Karen to Dr. Verdegast. So, Kyle, give me your thoughts on The Black Cat. Um, I think you can kind of tell from just overall this podcast, this is a bit of a confusing movie to parse from initial viewing, especially. This is my first time viewing it and really kind of trying to get through all the plot details. And if you're not paying attention to it um, very directly, which I have a problem doing because I'm a little bit ADD, <laughs> uh, so now I'm paying attention to all of it, it's like, nah trying to guess all the, the fine details of it so overall it's a difficult movie to watch but still entertaining and enjoyable there's definitely like it's just the the cool thing of seeing boris carlisle and 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 like it's fun seeing dracula and frankenstein in the, in the same room even if they're not playing those roles every time and uh overall it's a very enjoyable movie so overall i recommend it i think this film um in um 
merits repeat viewing to uh, get all the titles um, nailed down and drawn into you. And uh, overall, had a fun time with it. Um, Jim, how did you feel about it? Yeah, it's wow. I mean, wow. Yeah. Uh, like I told you last night, I said, Kyle, have you watched this movie yet? And you're like, No, I haven't watched it. Watch it later. And I said, Okay, I'm getting ready to start it. And I texted you back and I said, Kyle, this went from zero to dark. Real fast, <laughs> and then yeah, it got yeah. from dark to to extremely. Those last twenty minutes, really I said you. the last twenty minutes really get you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, I, I, I'm, "You're probably thinking like, what's he talking about? When you started watching this movie, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's because honestly, it's not very good at the beginning, if you will. It's it's setting up a lot of stuff for the future, but but man, once Karloff hits the scene, it takes off and it just doesn't stop from there. And then you can tell the frustration and anger that Karloff and Lugosi have for each other in this movie. From something that happened in their past, and you're trying to figure out what's happening. This is a really good movie, um, and just to see them to uh, it shows how great of an actors they were when they can do this without being the characters that they were, you know, famous for. Oh yeah. And let me ask you this: How long was it that the Mummy and Frankenstein and Dracula have been out before this movie was released? Do you know? Uh, like less than or three is years, it, or probably. Is, or or was this before? Dracula and Frankenstein. Uh, I believe Dracula was like 1931, I believe, so it's been out for a little while. Um, Mummy, I believe, same time, like 1930, so I believe it's like, it had been about three to four years of like most of these characters being established already, but this is the first film they actually brought these actors together. That's crazy, man, Mm -hmm. because, uh, and I'm sure they worked together on like Frankenstein meets Dracula or something, I think, something like that. Yeah. uh, Which I want to cover eventually, but... Down the road, definitely. Oh, these two together. It doesn't get much better than these two together. They have fantastic chemistry. They really do. And and, and I'm telling you, anytime I see Lugosi, it's Dracula. It's I mean, you see him sitting there playing chess, and it just screams Dracula to me. He couldn't be anything Car- else. Car- yeah. Right. Karloff, he can play a lot of different characters because he's just... He just... He's very subtle and subdued in the way that right. like lends him well during playing Frankenstein, but also lends him well to playing... Like, but I mean, even, even when he was playing... Um, I forgot the mummy's name. Uh, Amon Ra or whoever yeah. he played, you get, get it. Amon Ra. Yeah, when he was playing him, um, he looked he looked different. I mean, he looks different, but Lugosi looks the same as in far as yeah, hair, suit, everything. But I would, I mean, to me, he's the best Dracula. Uh, plays it perfectly. He, he's a definitive Dracula, yeah. right? And Lugosi's just really good, or and uh, Karloff's just really good, pretty much in any movie he's ever been in. Mm, agreed. So um, for me, it's a definitely yeah, give it a shot. Uh, just just don't give up on it at the beginning. If you think it's not getting any it better, it feels misguided, but it's not. It no. just takes off to a whole new direction, and and uh, the outcome is well worth it. And um, this is one that they could remake today, and I would be pleasantly surprised to see it. All for it, definitely, uh, definitely, yeah, uh, and yeah, uh, just because I think some of the stuff and special effects you could do. I'm sure they'd probably take the uh, skinning the guy at the end pretty pretty different direction oh, as yeah, far man. as graphic. Uh, well, it doesn't necessarily. It still doesn't have to be a graphic, a graphic film, but like you know, like the commentary of having aristocrats basically taking a small honeymoon family into a house and torturing them, or right. like taking them for a weird satanic, t- you know, ritual. Like those are a lot of stories today that like kind of reference like kind of like the Wicker Man. Yeah, yeah, kind of a Wicker Man thing. Like you're just like or evil, like in general, like 
cultist aristocrats are kind of like in vogue right now of like how Jordan Peele movies kind of work of like Get Out and, and like films like that or even like They Live which we covered before kind of the idea of like a secret kind of world of like these rich people basically torturing common people and like we just under the surface basically um, um, so it's in vogue and like I, I said think. me and Kyle probably barely touched the surface of the plot of this movie um, it, just because there's so much going on underneath and, and around the characters um, like we we didn't even mention that the police come and want to, they're inquiring about the accent that happened. Yeah. So um, definitely give it a shot and let us know what you think of it once you watch it. And uh, I like to hear people's thoughts on how is this uh, rated as a universal monster movie when there's no monsters per se in it. Just the actors, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, but I mean, I guess you could call Karloff a monster from some of the stuff that he did. Yeah. Or in general, like, you know, like, imagine that for the time you could say, like, a person practicing satanic rituals, that's enough to be a monster. That's what I'm saying, right. Yeah, that's, that's what I think they're kind of saying. Right. You know. So, very good movie. I, I, I recommend it. Um, it's very, very great to see these two great actors on screen together. So, well, Kyle, I think this episode's coming to a close, and that's wrap. And cut.